Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. This is Mike, Tom, and Jim, and we are one more than two. We are three Sweet Me Bro. On this week's show, we'll discuss the most noteworthy shenanigans of the week in clickbait, and we'll each provide you with a must-watch list of matches. So without further delay, let's get into some clickbait. Kind of touch on some stuff that's happening. It just seems like news just keeps happening and happening, and where it's been like, what? To like, oh God, no. Like, to like, oh shit. Hey everybody, uh, happy new year. Um, I hope everyone's holidays uh, was was great, uh, truly and sincerely. Um, you know, but uh, boy, oh boy, I, I don't know about you guys, but I, I always feel like something crazy happens in the new year with wrestling. Um, and, and usually I, I always feel like it's saved for something from New Japan. Um, you know, something crazy that happened at Wrestle Kingdom. Obviously, something did something insanely crazy and wonderful, which was Will Ospreay and Kenny Omega. Uh, I'll fully admit I'm still a bit behind. Um, tisk, tisk. I know. I know. <laughs> I, I've seen highlights and and the the that that promo Osprey gave with the ice bag on his neck where he is oh. just like, I was like, I am 100 percent behind him. I need to go watch this match. But anyway, there's always something big um, that happens. And boy, oh boy, uh, did something big happen. Uh, it's funny because we were we were just actually reminiscing about how big of a seismic impact his departure was. And if you've been under a rock the past couple of weeks, uh, literally, I mean, this has been in you know major news, wrestling news, whatever. Uh, Vince McMahon is once again the chairman of the board and back at the helm of the WWE, something I thought I'd never say again. And we're, I think, going to unpack this for a little bit. Um, there's a lot to this. Um, you know, it's not I don't think we're going to talk at, at great length about it because I think we'll just go insane and, you know, our heads will explode. Mm. Um, but there's definitely some some, I think, key points we, we really want to touch on. Um, you know, obviously his return, Stephanie's resign, uh, is one of them. Um, the Fox, how Fox is disappointed, uh, the Saudi sale potentially, I think is that's like earth shattering. So (laughs) I think we'll try and keep it to that, but yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, gentlemen, um, let's, let's get into this. (laughs) Where do we start? (laughs) And which is, which by the way, I want to interrupt real quick and, uh, just, just say, I I feel like this is what happens when we take two weeks off guys. So maybe... (laughs) We shouldn't ever stop recording, so none of this ever happens again. <laughs> we cursed, really we cursed this into existence, Tom. Really? Well, no. It's, yes. We yes. all collectively have a joke that you know the end of the world will be cometh when you know one of us gets a message that Hulk Hogan has done a flying head scissors takedown, <laughs> and I feel like somewhere something like this happened with just I don't know maybe like I don't know Dale Torborg got like you know was like. In a in a two thousand seat arena and sold it out like that's not wait man did you guys feel that like hey, something's not right did there. you guys see Dale Torborg do like a a, a Canadian pile driver and be like oh, <laughs> oh, the power's failing <laughs> uh, so let's I, I think uh, Jim let's let's start off with uh, McMahon coming back sure you're pulling your hair I can see it already <laughs> I, I think we're all collectively pulling our hair. So let, let's let's dive in real quick with McMahon first. Well, you know, there, there, there's so many layers uh, to, to the McMahon story. And and I, I mean, I'll focus on the the kind of the business side of it. Right. Because the the it's the only layer I can talk about without screaming profanities at the top of my lungs and forgetting to breathe. Um, 
from a business perspective, look, if you're an unabashed capitalist, you're 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 patting that fucker all over the back, right? Good for you, Vince McMahon. You leveraged your position. He still had all of his stock holdings, right? He worked his way back on there, all that kind of good jazz. If you're an unabashed capitalist, what Vince McMahon did was brilliant and wonderful. If you're a decent human being with ethics, this is disgusting. Uh, and you you are ashamed for all of humanity because yeah. unanimous don't forget that when when Vince left. The board of directors were unanimous in saying they didn't want him back. Unanimous, right? 100% of the board of directors said, we don't want Vince McMahon back here because of the, 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 what he represents uh, and, and how this will affect the company negatively. And he said, fuck you. It's my ball. I'm going to do what I want. And came rushing back in there, kind of creating almost a, a hostile takeover environment. And we're seeing the the fallout from that. We're seeing the ripples in that pond. Uh, but from a business perspective, everything that he did was legal. Now, that to me leads into a conversation that needs to be had about business practices in the United States and what's, what's oh, considered shit. legal and ethical. But yeah. what he did was he was within his rights to do. It's just fucking disgusting. Yeah. That he would didn't do he that. not to interrupt you, Jim, but didn't he essentially force? I think it was what three board members to resign. So he and or was it two? Okay, two. Yeah, because I know they they were on the board before, right? Or they were involved in WWE or something from a, a more executive senior management level, mm-hmm. and they were cut in 2020, and everyone was really surprised. I can't think of them, but apparently they're dynamite in what they do. Um, and, uh, when they got cut, it was kind of like a big surprise. And so I guess Vince brought them back, but it forced the resignation of two other, like, again, very uh, legal. Yes. Unethical, hundred <laughs> percent, you know, like a hostile takeover essentially. So yeah, two of the board members resigned, including the board member who was assigned to investigate Vince McMahon's mis- misdoings. So Two two board members resigned. Vince came on with uh, important math here. The WWE board of directors has nine seats on it, right? So when two of them resigned and Vince came on and he brought two of his lackeys with him, that meant that three out of the nine were already immediate Vince loyalists because one of them was Vince himself. The other two that are on the board that are Vince loyalists, Triple H, Stephanie McMahon. Stephanie McMahon. It, it, this is the problem with democracy. You know, democracy is, is you know, two wolves and a sheep deciding what's for dinner. You've got five people on a nine person board who are beholden to Vince McMahon. He's going to get whatever the fuck he wants. And and yeah. that's what happened. That's exactly, exactly what happened. And it's crazy, too, that he came and Jim, I didn't know if you were going to get to this. So, you know, apologies there. But he came. It's been a week and a half. And I think already late last week i think he was voted in as chairman of the board again meaning he came in as just a board member and they voted him back in to be the chairman of the board the the guy and not only did he voted as chair he was voted unanimously as chair so there are people who unanimously voted to say we don't ever want him back who then also turn around and voted to make him the chair which is, and I think I, I cannot remember which episode I brought this up in, but which I was like, I remember talking to you guys about 
it doesn't matter. It's money at the end of the day. And that's exactly as they weren't making money as in it's, I think that they saw what was happening. And so this whole, and I, I, it's, and we'll get into this, but the sale and everything, and I don't know, maybe that's, this is a good transition to get into just that topic um, is a lot of people think the reason he's coming back is because of the sale is that they are going to sell. Um, and he needs to orchestrate the sell because only, you know, he knows how much, you know, uh, the, the, what is it, the valuation, what the, what the company's valued at and all these other things and, and, and whatnot. And it's, it's really interesting. And I'm like, wow, like the guy, like he, 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 he fits himself in and then, and, and ah, boy, like it, but Again, Tom, how to unpack this is that because I, I also forgot to. And again, Jim, I didn't know if you were going to mention this, that if when he came back, one of his things, so I think is if he wasn't going to be voted chairman of the board or whatever, or he had to basically have creative control or something like that. And he basically is forcing his way back into the creative process, the WWE that we've always known and whatnot. So, um, boy, I, I've already gotten lost um, from my original topic, <laughs> but. Because this, this is, is well, no, so infuriating. It, well, it's just it's nuts, and like, and and yeah, yeah. So it's is he back to and then so to go back to the sale somehow? There's been these other rumors, and I think I talked to you guys about it too. Is that if he sells the WWE, he comes with it, and because he and him alone, mm -hmm. the ego are the only thing that could actually make it work. And so I don't know, maybe this is an interesting way to bring in the, the Saudi group or I blew that sounds bad because I think that's actually was tied to a terrorist group. So my bad. Um, <laughs> it was. I think that's actually what they called the CIA called the they were the Saudi group the, to yeah. catch bin Laden. But anyway, they the, the it's like a Saudi Arabia public fund or something. It's what they use for entertainment. It's mm -hmm. why they that's how they funded the um, hey, Jim, you might know what it's called, but it's how they funded the LV golf tournament thing. And it's like. LIV, yeah. Yeah, it's like it, it's an image fund. It's really weird if wow. you look into it. But like supposedly they're the ones that are interested in it. And there's several others. And and God bless, you know, I'll plug AEW all day. But I think, Jim, you sent it out when a, when when MJF was like, I now love Netflix, Amazon. And he's listing all the potentials. <laughs> like, I love him so much. But so it was just a little bit of levity in a situation of just craziness. But so, Jim, you know, I, what do you like? Do you think they're going to sell? Do you think they're going to yeah. sell to the Saudis? Do you what? I mean, because you lose so much. But woof again where yeah. to unpack <laughs> well first of all there there i think wwe is going to sell i don't think there's there's a question in my mind about whether or not they're yeah, going to sell i agree the question is who's going to buy uh you know the the there was the 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 internet went on fucking fire when the speculation <laughs> was that the saudi public group was going to buy it now that that seems to have died down there's been talk of tony khan and his father uh, partnering with a media company to perhaps buy it. There's been talk about uh, Netflix. There's been there's several potential buyers. I love Netflix. They're like, uh, we did Lucha Underground, so sure, why not? It felt like it was just like, eh, fuck it, why not? <laughs> yeah, you look at you look at the list of potential buyers that are circulating, and you're like, none of these make any fucking. Sense. Why would Disney <laughs> yeah. want anything to do with this product whatsoever? Um, but it's just, I think it's just people speculating on like who has the money, right? So I, I think WWE is going to be sold. I think there's no two ways about it. I think Vince is absolutely going to try and write into the contract that he's a part of the package, right? That he has to stay with the company for X number of years. 
uh, in some kind of creative capacity, more than likely. I, I, I think that's that's an inevitability. And I think that sale will be done before the end of this calendar year. Um, because they want to have that sale done before they start negotiating TV rights again. And those TV rights are up at the beginning of 2024. So I think WWE is going private and they're going to be under new ownership by this time next year. Uh, again, who those owners are, uh, there's who I would love to see that <laughs> versus, you know, who is likely to be that person. I've even seen people trying to petition Elon Musk to do, to, to try and buy oh, the company. No. Cause apparently, God, no. yeah, cause apparently oh, that's like, if there's some really expensive company out there, people are like, Oh, Elon Musk should buy it. No fucking no. <laughs> so, it's yeah, it's an it's a matter of when, not a matter of if WWE gets sold, because um, that is exactly why Vince came back is to sell the company. He wants to sell it. He wants to hand this off and he wants to, and because he's the majority shareholder, he's going to make a fucking killing. He is going to make a metric fuck ton of money off of the sale. And so he wants to have a massive voice in, in how that sale goes down. What, so here's an interesting question. I just kind of just popped into my head. Like if he doesn't end up going, like you said, you know, if he's not part of the package, because, you know, hopefully for the love of God, someone's like, now nah, we're good. We'll figure this out. You know, we'll bring someone else in. <laughs> now we're good. You know, it's like, what does he do? Do you really think he can be I mean, his whole life? Like, I think, Jim, like you said, well, no, I mean, you said this, you know, your whole life has been behind the Vince. And that's 40 years. Like, I mean, and that's. 50, 60 plus years with him, if not more. I mean, his whole life. And like, does he, can he really truly stay away from this business and whatnot? And it's just like, it's just, just insane. And like, I could even see, I mean, what's like, if you think about it, what's Triple H going to do? You know, like, I mean, that man has always been about this business and oh, yeah. loves it. And yeah. like, if anything, I'd be like, hey, can we get your son-in-law instead? You know, like, it'll be a lot better. And he has a brain, you know, at least yeah. a, a, a thoughtful one. So well, one, it's, of the, one of the most promising speculations that I've seen was if the con group does manage to find a partner and purchase WWE, uh, just because somebody was like, you know, how the fuck is Tony Khan going to run AEW and WWE? And the best answer, let Triple H run it. Let Triple H run WWE. The money comes back to the Khan family, but let Triple H have that creativity. Let him have the creative there. You could do some really cool cross promotion with WWE and AEW and Ring of Honor and their partnerships with New Japan. So many fucking opportunities to, to grow there. Uh, but yeah, and not least of which is you let Triple H run WWE without the threat of Vince McMahon swooping over him. Yeah. See, I've I've heard though with the con stuff that they're willingly open to having McMahon be around. I've heard that too, but like, and and I could see that as a way to generate like a story because I, I was I was thinking about it and mulling it over, and I, I know I text you guys when when all this started, like the 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 give of him turning around and it's the nwo and i was like holy shit he's legitimately being the nwo right now and i was like kind of like you know hysterically laughing to myself and then like you know the realization of oh fuck vince mcmahon's back I'm like god damn it and then i digress but like i could see in a dream case scenario if the cons are able to get somebody to buy wwe with it we have like years like years of 
immediate solid story building where it's WWE versus AEW. And of course they'd have McMahon. But mm-hmm. the thing that like makes me happy about it is like if Khan, if the cons decide to buy WWE, they have say over it all. So like I could I think it would be amazing that they just bury the shit out of Vince. <laughs> and I, I mean, will it happen? I doubt it. But in a dream case scenario, that'd be great. And I think I think you're right, Jim. I I, I would in in a in a in the best case scenario, they don't sell to the Saudis and they you know the cons get it and then we get like and I know I've been harping about this for months we get Tanahashi versus Cena which come mm-hmm. on I want that to happen and too like Triple H is the guy best suited to work with Khan because I could see him all, like they're going to protect their best characters of you know course. obviously MJF is going to go over and Roman Reigns will go over and you know etc cetera, etc cetera. but like in if this like I, I hate to be graphic, but this is like a professional wrestling fan's wet dream because you literally have all of these cross promotions willing to happen, and I think Khan and Triple H, even the guys over in New Japan, are or wh- whoever's over running New Japan, I really don't know. Uh, what's his name? Gato. Gato. I think Gato. Yeah, is Gato. I think Gato. Yeah, he's and I think I think you could see think, a lot of really really great things to happen, and that's a dream case scenario. However, reality has sunken in, and yes, I mean, I do, I do feel that McMahon's ego won't let that happen. I could see him going absolutely fucking not, and I will sell to a guy, a homeless guy, you know, panhandling by a dumpster before I do that. The library, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, just in Tom's point, the library alone that they have. It's unbelievable at this point. Well, if you think like about it too, just that alone, not not anything else. Just if you take away yeah. the library, and I could see Vince doing that. And, and honestly, I you know what? Boy, oh boy. Sorry, I'm just spitballing here and, and just <laughs> thinking about it. But I mean, honestly, like if if I think this could be the best case scenario is if Vince still wants to be relevant. He sells everything off, and he's like, I'm keeping the library. He charges – he opens up a – hey, it's the Vince McMahon wrestling library extravaganza. Yeah. Charges <laughs> – and there's, I fucking – I'll pay for that to watch some of that stuff. And I'm oh, like – I mean, I I don't know. It, that'd be tough to give Vince McMahon $5, but, like, to at least keep that stuff alive. But at least – you know, I could – I mean, really, I don't even go that much into the vault at WWE, and it's like every once in a while I will. So, like, it's nice to know that I'm like, okay, I'm giving this old – cunt five dollars a month so at some point i can go watch some stupid nitro that i really loved but you know what i can watch good professional wrestling yeah and like tom said with new like i'm already thinking of like again the wet dream scenario of you know wwe overruns the aew guys who comes to save them new japan like oh could you imagine lights go out so much fantasy booking tanahashi okada naito show up to save like i would probably pass out i I truly probably (laughs) would like i'd faint at that point to just see something like that like and it is but again the reality is is we're gonna get what we're gonna get and yeah it's just it's a drag to to come back to like the the what we were talking about like who the potential buyers i know that Disney was one of them. I could never see I Disney would not do it. They they've already got their hands full with Marvel and like already with Deadpool and like how they're handling the whole like rated R like oh this might be the first rated R Disney movie and just and the fact that like, they just ousted their CEO and brought back a guy that basically made him billions. So I think they're dealing with that yeah. mess right now yeah. and they're like uh sure why not? We'll just throw it on. <laughs> I, I think honestly 
the most likely scenario will either, I mean, honestly, I hate to say it, will either, I think they'll buckle and uh, cave to the amount of money that the Saudis will throw at them. Mm-hmm. And if that happens, I, I think it's like evacuation time. Like we're done. Oh, God, yeah. You know what I mean? And there, there are two factors that I, I know Vince McMahon thinks he's God, right? He thinks, you know, he's in control. Of, but there are two things that are out of his control that can have a significant influence on not only the sale, but, but you know, what motivates him to sell and to, and to whom, right? Issue number one, I texted this to you guys, you know, a, a little while back. The Biden administration has announced that they are looking to make non-compete clauses illegal, and what is the greatest weapon that WWE has always had is the non-compete. So yeah. if, if the Biden administration pulls the trigger and the FTC, the Federal Trade Commission, makes the ruling that non-compete clauses are non-enforceable, then that means if Vince McMahon decides, hey, I'm going to royally fuck over Mustafa Ali, Okay, I'll I'll be on dynamite on Wednesday. Fuck you, man. I don't need to put up with this. He can go right away, right? You're not losing any yeah. of that momentum. So that's yep. that's issue number one is if for for Vince to sell to the non cons, right? Somebody who's not Tony the and non cons, <laughs> the non cons. Um, if he sells to somebody who's not Tony and Shahid Khan, no matter who he sells to, they have to ship up they they have to shape up because otherwise their talent could leave immediately and they're not stopped from going to to aew factor number two is the fact that mike what you had already alluded to the ratings on fox have been fucking shit and fox is not happy with the return on their investment and so if if there's not a good looking TV deal ahead, that's going to drive down the price of WWE because the stock is there to buoy stockholders and shareholders. But it's not looking like you're going to get a really big TV deal on the back end. So why am I going to pay top dollar for a product that isn't going to get me a top dollar TV deal? Right. And I think I think you can add a number three to that, too. And I was telling because my wife and I were talking about and, you know, she's like, why is this such a big at least with the Saudi group or did it again? The the Saudi public image, (laughs) whatever, whatever whatever it is they want to call themselves to make themselves feel better. You know, she's like, why is this a big deal? And I said, well, first off, one wrestler can't even go to the country, Sami Zayn. And she's like, oh. And I was like, so my guess is you lose KO immediately because KO, I'm sure would he's he's I'm not happy he's with WWE, but I he you know, he's he feels to me, he feels like he's he has a good heart and he loves his friend. Um, And I think he would support him. And you lose the entire women's division immediately, because do you think the Saudis are going to no? they're gone immediately? And maybe so then you get so they're gone. And then you get maybe a quarter of your roster, hopefully that has a heart, leaves. What do you, what do you have at that point? And then I would like to think that the the the, the grand great IWC would go. Okay, this is we need to walk away because this is just ridiculous. Because now it's just people just doing this for money, a la the Goldbergs. And uh, um, I mean, if you look at like what was the match? The and, and they have openly said it. Triple H. Shawn Michaels, it was the Brothers of Destruction versus Degeneration X, and it was probably one of the worst piles of shit I have ever seen, (laughs) and they have both publicly said it was 
terrible. Where was it? Mm-hmm. Saudi Arabia, where they mm-hmm. shelled out shit tons of money. And it's like, so it's, and, and then you got to look at, again, you could tell Shawn Michaels even was like, I'm a performer and I'm sad about that art. So yeah. like now you're even sacrificing your own art for money. And you could, I mean, watch that conversation. And it's, it's very brief, but you can tell there's a lot of grief there for what they had to do. And it's like, if this is what this is going to become, like, I don't want to watch this. So that's why, again, what could absolutely drive down the same, I mean, I would say public opinion and um, the reputation could absolutely drive down the sale. And it's, that's a very, it, the wrestling community is weirdly niche and small as it is, is a very strong community. And I, it, look at some of the stuff we've gotten because of the fans. And mm-hmm. so it's, yeah. Well, I, I just also want to throw this out there uh, and remind everybody who listens and, and you guys too, you got You also got to remember too, that the Saudis, had absolutely no idea that like some of these wrestlers that used to wrestle with WWE died and they were like, Hey, where's, where's macho man. And they're like, uh, he's dead. And remember Yokozuna in the Royal rumble. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, It was Yokozuna. And there was, um, if you remember the only time I ever watched, uh, a Saudi pay-per-view, um, I didn't even watch it all. It was the great, the greatest Royal rumble. And they threw some guy in there who was like, basically a what is that wish.com or whatever it's like the wish <laughs> version of andre the giant because they were like oh we want andre the giant and like you could just see on everybody like you could just the whole feeling of like them covering the microphones and they're like hey you know he's been dead for like 30 years right <laughs> and they're like, no we had no idea and, the, and it's like i obviously don't want our podcast to insult an entire you know, country, but they're very, very out of touch with wrestling. Oh, yeah. They're, yeah. They just know it as like this big spectacle. They're out of touch with the world. It's not just oh, wrestling. Yeah, they're, yeah. Yeah, they're out of touch, just period. But like, like I can't imagine, like the one thing that keeps going back in my mind is like, again, like you said, Mike, oh, if, any, if any wrestler has like a soul or something, but like there's other wrestlers who who still their dream is to wrestle in WWE. That ain't going to be a thing when they, they sell to the Saudis. Right. Because they're going to be like, uh, no thanks. I'm going to just work the Indies until (laughs) this blows over. And like, I was talking to a a couple of friends of mine, uh, uh, about how, like, this is, you know, we've all had these scenarios of like, Oh, this is the death of WCW. This is the death of WWE. Like we could very well see the death of WWE happened in front of our eyes because Vince McMahon is, is like literally poisoning the well, which is insane, yeah. which is just like you. I mean, what was it? 20 years, yeah, give or take 23 years ago when WCW went out of business and it was kind of like, wait, man, like what is the wrestling landscape going to be? And it could be in 2024 or 2023. Like what's the wrestling landscape going to yeah, be now? Easily, because very easily. I, it, this is insane. And it's, yeah, there, there's just yikes. a lot of moving pieces <laughs> right now that like I'm sure things are changing as we speak. Oh, I you know what I mean? And it's, just so, it's so crazy right now. And that's why I keep telling like all of my wrestling friends and anybody who's interested in wrestling, like it is a very interesting time to like not just watch wrestling because of the AEW and everything, but like to watch all of this unfold because like this is nuts. I was trying to explain to my wife. I was like, look, honey, I know that this isn't in your sphere right this isn't in your world but i was trying to tell her all the things that were happening and she's like 
what? Why? She was just completely, <laughs> she said she's like, she's like, I have not watched wrestling since like 1999. Uh, but yeah. she, she was like, this is the craziest fucking thing I've ever heard. I'm like, exactly. I was like, that's yeah. why, that's why I'm doom scrolling Twitter constantly yeah. trying to find what the fuck is going on is because this is just monumental and unheard of that you're, you're absolutely right that this if there's anything that could spell the end of a, of a blue chip like WWE, it's selling to the Saudis. You sell yeah. to the Saudis, fuck you, man. You're going to see an exodus. You're going to see a mass right. exodus of talent. And, a, and especially if that, that non-compete ruling goes through. Yep. I can't. I could name on one hand the number of, of performers I think would stick around if if they they knew that they could go to AEW and get paid and be on TV that fucking week. I can name on one hand the number of talents I think would stay in WWE. I totally agree. I, I there is there's honestly at this point there's so many wrestlers that would leave than stay at this point. And, and even then, too, like you, uh, of all the reports you're reading, I mean, there was almost already like a walkout. And I think that's what, you know, when we were texting each other, Jim, like that, that like emergency meeting where Triple H was, you know, hitting the panic button and going like, no, no, hold on, hold on, hold on. Like, it's not as bad as everyone's making it out to be. But like, here I am sitting like, really? Are you sure about that? Because like, there's a lot of pissed off people. In your they company. just had another talent meeting today where oh, Triple yeah, H had to assure all the talent that, no, no, I'm still in charge of creative. Don't worry. I'm still the head creative. And it's like, you know, it's the old saying, you know, if, if you have to constantly tell people you're the boss, you're not really the boss. Yeah, <laughs> you who's, know? who's really running the show? Right. It's it, And I think there's there's a lot of people who are highly concerned internally uh, about Vince coming back and playing a bigger role. Remember, next week is Raw's 30th anniversary. Oh, yeah. You're telling right, me, yeah. yeah, you're telling me Mr. Fucking Ego is going to keep himself off of TV for the 30th anniversary. He has he loves to say the longest running, you know, television show and blah, blah, blah. blah. You think he's going to not get on camera and talk about how great he is for that? I, I, he has just no respect for anything. <laughs> so, like, I, I honestly, I was shocked he didn't come out on SmackDown. The day that he came back, I was like, holy shit. I, I honestly was more shocked that he didn't show up and be like, welcome to SmackDown. I beat everything. No one can beat me. And, like, I, you have to remember, too, like, and I keep telling everybody, like, you know, everyone's like, oh, this can't get that out of control. I was like, this is the same guy. Remember, he's the same guy who wrote a storyline where he fought with God. Yep. Like, and are one. you, are you and, one. <laughs> and one? And one. <laughs> and, and one. And I was has a win over God. I was, I was like, you're out of your mind if you think, if you don't think that he's not going to get his grubby hands on that again. Mm-hmm. And, it, and maybe this is an interesting transition. If worst case scenario happens, Jim, do you, could you see? It, it, if worst case scenario happens, they, they sell the Saudis, everyone abandons ship. Do you think Triple H would then leave and start his own company or is he going to yes. just wash his hands with wrestling again? Like, period. No, I think I think he would leave. Absolutely. I think Stephanie resigning sets the table for that perfectly. I think he would leave. Uh, I, I think he would wait a little while. He'd lay low. But I think eventually, yes, he'd, he'd be back either after WWE gets sold 
again. Because <laughs> 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 there's no fucking way the Saudi look, the Saudis are not going to hold that property for a long time. If, oh, if, no. God, no. If, if it doesn't Saudi turn a profit rails, or make them money, they're going to dump that shit like, oh, third period yeah. French, man. <laughs> well, because like, like you were saying, right? They, they have a nostalgia for WWE, but not a real interest. You know, they, they don't they don't keep up. So they would buy it at, for a novelty. It's the, the same reason you would buy a fucking leopard. Right. And then, you're, you know, two months later, you're like, OK, what the fuck do I do now? I have a leopard. But what are you going to get? You know, like, oh, <laughs> so, like, shortly thereafter, they'd then sell off again. And that's when I think Triple H would make an entrance back into WWE. Interesting. I, I, I would love to see him go on his own. But I don't I think he realizes the amount of capital it would require to do that. And yeah. I don't see a guy who's been in the top of the industry for three decades suddenly taking a, a, a step down. I don't I don't see him being willing to do that. You know, and honestly, I think if it, if it ends up getting to that point, um, I could absolutely see I, maybe Tony Khan being like, look, bygones be bygones, you know, like. You take AEW or something, and I'll take Ring of Honor. You know, some whatever, something like that. Where it's like, could you imagine that? A mind like That's Triple H running, amazing. you know, something with kind of a very independent spirit. I think something that Triple H really likes, but also having that really good mind for business. If you had that traditional NXT feel with the AEW roster, oh. which as has been pointed out, has a very NXT, you know, kind of heavy yeah. lead to it. And that got me NXT. Sorry, Jim, not to cut you off. And, and and NXT was the thing that got me back into, I was like, oh, man. And that's when Tom, I, Tom was like, man, you think that's good? Check out this. And I, I started getting back into it as heavy as I did again. And it was that Triple H NXT. And the, the man knows what he's doing. Knows what he's doing. I feel like best case scenario, I, I feel like NBC is probably the safest route to get like that heat of all the Saudi off of them. And then I think with everything that's going on with Fox, where you see Fox like basically saying like, this is a sinking ship. This was a mistake. Like we don't want this property anymore. Like I feel like if NBC were to buy it, then then I mean, they already have the, the network on it. Uh, on, on Peacock. So like, I think NBC USA. would probably be the smartest choice, but again, though, like if they it wanted- all leads back to McMahon being an egomaniac money grubbing lunatic where, but he just, he just, I mean, he's just going to go where the money is. You know, something that we've, we've touched on is actually, I think really important um, about this uh, potential, you know, not potential Vince, coming back, but maybe the potential sale um, is Stephanie McMahon's resignation, which I, I truly think speaks volumes um, uh, about this. Um, I think this is not, hopefully this doesn't come across this way as a dig at Brandy Rhodes. I think Brandy Rhodes wishes she could be Stephanie McMahon. Stephanie McMahon knows her brand and she is an amazing, she has worked her ass off I feel like because of what her father has done, um, I think because of how much she loves her husband, I think that that is is very apparent. She loves the business because I think it it seems like Trips really exposed her to like why he loves this business and why it's important to him. And it's become really important to Stephanie. And I mean, 
as cheesy as it is, we've, I think we've even, I feel bad for making fun of it, but like the stuff that they have done, at least to try and save face with, you know, the special Olympics with Connor's cure. I think a lot of that is Stephanie's doing. And I think there is some heart in that. I really do. Um, you know, it, it, where you say what you will, is it to save face? Is it to make money or whatever? But I, I, there's gotta be some heart somewhere. And I, I think Stephanie McMahon is the heart of that. And if you, if you read her goodbye message where she's like, I'm going to go back and be with my family. And that's, you don't just say that to say that that's that the, I, I, I like to try and give people the benefit of the doubt. And I don't think that you just say the family line. Like, I feel like you can really truly, you know, I, I want to be with my family and do that. And I, I think Steph is really stepping away because I, I, it's, I think she's really, it feels like she's really troubled and is like, I can't do this. And I'm going to go be with my family. I'm going to support my husband. And I, and Triple H might not be far behind, but like the, the reason I say that is because there's been a lot of behind the scenes where they've talked about how Stephanie and, and Triple H are, are, they love being parents and they love how much Triple H loves his girls, his yeah. three girls, you know, and this big brute, is a, a marshmallow around them, you know? And so that man has to have a heart. And I think this is a very troubling time. And I, again, I, I really want to hear your, what you guys have to say about Steph stepping down. Cause I think that's a, it's an important piece of this. It really is. I, I, I think you're, you're, I think you're actually putting it quite nicely, Mike, but <laughs> in my lizard brain, I'm like, Oh, there's like you like super bad blood between her and Vince. Like clearly because, and it was really funny and I'll throw it to you in a second, Jim, that like, I find it, I guess, I don't know if the uh, ironic is the right word, but I just find it funny that as soon as Steph, uh, Steph, like we're friends, (laughs) me me and Steffi, you know, we're friends. (laughs) And so like, uh, I, I think there's clearly some bad blood between her and Vince and this like, the, the internet blowing up about it. And all of a sudden she's like showing pictures of her getting surgery on her foot because it's like, Oh, that's a tactic you use to get away from it. And everyone's like, no, 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 no. Go back to like Vince coming back. I don't care about your foot. So like, it's, it, it is very wild that like, I think a very troubling sign was when is, is Stephanie stepping down and, and stepping away. Well, she's, she was quoted not long ago. Um, saying that charity is the new PR. And so I I take everything she does with a giant grain of salt um, because Stephanie McMahon is an incredibly media savvy person. She understands the importance of image. She understands the importance of PR. She understands right. the importance of brand. And the fact that a woman who was with the company in a leadership role during some horrifically bad times looked at what was coming and went, Nope. That's a, that's, <laughs> that's a fucking canary in the cold mine. If I ever, because this again, it's one of the things I was saying to my wife, I was like, you know, think of the scandals that Vince has survived at this point yeah. in his life. And, and, and how many of those were Stephanie around for, right. In leadership roles for, for the company, you know, yes. I mean, Vince, when Vince had the steroid scandal in the eighties the and nineties, Stephanie was just a kid, but she saw her father go through it. Right. Th- there was the ring boy scandal in the eighties. Steph was a kid, but she saw her father go through it. There was the, the Owen Hart tragedy, the Chris oh. Benoit tragedy. There was the, the 
Vince McMahon, Vince McMahon threatening to beat the shit out of Bob Costas on television. There's been so <laughs> many incidents so great. over the last 40 years where Stephanie McMahon watched or was a part of and went, okay, we could manage this. We can see our way through it. But her father forces himself back into a leadership position after being credibly accused of sexually assaulting several women. And she went, I, you know what? I miss my kids. Uh, I want to spend more time. Now look, as somebody who has teenagers and has raised teenagers, no one fucking misses their teenager. And Stephanie McMahon and Triple H's kids are too old to miss. Right? They're not babies anymore. It's not like they got a couple fucking toddlers running around and you don't want to miss the big milestone. No, these are all of their kids are old enough that it's like, whatever, dude, what they did yesterday is what they're doing tomorrow. All they're going to do is give me fucking back talk. She doesn't miss her kids. That's, that's what I'm saying. It's just a convenient excuse. It's not missing the fucking kids. So, yeah, like I said, I think it's a huge telling moment that Stephanie McMahon was like, eh, I'm good. I'm, I just, Thank you. I love And I think this is just, again, the spirit of this podcast is how I love that. Like, I come with the, like the heart and you two basically just destroy. Yeah, no, 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 no. Like, that's cute and all, but like, we, we love you for thinking like that. But here's the real thing. Slut. Uh, no, and I, I and, and no, I know it's funny and, and we joke, but it, you know, no, she is. She's a businesswoman and yeah. she's. She's done very well for herself. And that was the the joke that, you know, the Brandy Rose wishes, wishes she could be Stephanie McMahon. And it's because and you're right. Steph was like, I'm done. <laughs> like, nope, it's not even worth it at this point. And that's that's a big, big deal, because like you said, Jim, not to rehash everything, she has stuck with that man through a lot. And like I, there's probably even way more that we don't even know about, oh, not to sure. mention like some for of the stuff sure. that they even just did on television. Some of the raws, the that the fact that her own husband committed necrophilia as a joke, like, yeah. Oh, do you guys, do you guys remember? I mean, Vince, oh, here's, here's how Vince, how fucked up Vince is. He wanted to have like an incestual storyline with her. Well, there's that, but I forgot also the fact that, and God, I hate saying this, and I'm sure. I don't know. Again, I'd like to think some people in this world have a heart. The fact that Triple H was in a storyline where he drugged her and forced her to become his wife. And like, I mean, only in wrestling. Part of me. And I mean, like, okay, that's weird entertainment. But but, but I like, part of me is he just apologizes to her. Like, I'm, I'm sorry. Like, really heartfelt. And it's just like, I'm very sorry. The, the Katie, the Katie Vick and that marriage storyline. And I was by, by the way, like, a, a terrible teenager, 13 year old. And even I was like, I think this is too far. I think this is too far guys. Like I remember I'm 13 and like, you know, like, and that would have made me, I'm two years older than my brother. And that would have made me 15. And I think even I was like, um, something about yeah. this is not right. Wait, what? Like, <laughs> okay. okay. That um, make sense. I don't like this. No, I, I was going to say, I think, to, to to your credit, Mike, and I know you're you're a sweetheart, but like I would I would have m- my mind would totally be changed if it weren't the McMahon's. Right. If it weren't the McMahon's, I'd be like, yeah, give him a give him the benefit of the doubt. But because of how much shit that that dude has put literally his entire family through, I'm like, absolutely not. No, this is this is all just yeah. her. I agree with 
a, a thousand percent with Jim. This is all just, nope, don't want to do this again. Okay, let's get let's get on a more positive note here. Yeah, that's, I think that would be good because I feel like we've just depressed everybody. Is we're gonna get to the matches of the week. Um, I I personally took a different spin on this, so I actually I'm gonna turn it over to Tom and Jim first. Uh, and uh, yeah, so uh, Jim, match. What was your match of the week? Well, first and foremost, I need to say that it wasn't this week. It was the week prior. But since we didn't record last week, I think it's fair game to say this. Fair enough. Disclaimer, no one's allowed to pick Will Ospreay versus Kenny Omega because that's too fucking easy. That's no, just that too easy. the greatest thing I've ever seen in a long time. It's, <laughs> it's just there's no way because that's just it's unfair. It's unfair to pick that. Uh, it's it's like it's like playing with Bo Jackson in Tech Mobile. It's just fucking shit. Hundred <laughs> percent. The man knows. <laughs> no one's allowed to pick that match because uh, obviously that was that was a fucking life changing match. Uh, for me, uh, I actually I'm going to go with the 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 uh, match that just took place a couple days ago from our record time, and that is the tag match of Ruby Soho and Willow Nightingale versus Anna Jay and uh, uh, Tara Taya. Uh, Conti, uh, I fuck, you know, look, Ruby Soho has been getting a lot of grief, uh, from trolls online about how, how badly she bladed. Uh, and it is there's just no two ways about it. I won't argue with anybody about it. The simple fact is, is if you have a problem with the amount of blood that Ruby, Ruby Soho used, you're a fucking misogynist because you have never once in your life complained about any man shedding that much blood or, or even more. So go fuck yourself. I was going to say, Jim, not to cut you. I haven't seen that much blood since. And I, I remember, I think I know. Tom, you didn't see this, but Jim and I saw it. The JBL Eddie Guerrero match. Yep. If you don't have a problem with that, like I can, yep. it's a great match. I can barely get through it because of how badly. And then, well, Eddie Guerrero did it first and then JBL did it like what? Like two weeks later. But Jim, I remember watching that match and you and I were both like, I don't like this because how badly Eddie Guerrero was bleeding. So Dude, like, it was died. It was horrifying. It really, it yeah. was, it was legitimately scary to watch. How hard he took that chair shot and either blade, it was either the hard way or bladed. Like that was terrifying. And like, it, it was a lot. Fuck you for shitting on Ruby Soho for that. Yeah. Sorry. I just wanted to say that. Like, and you know, and look, I, I, personal note here, I, you know, some of my favorite memories of independent wrestling are, are watching the now disgraced Ian Rotten, right? He's an absolute piece of shit human being. But when he used to perform, he used to wrestle up here in, uh, outside of Milwaukee. <laughs> Uh, and, sorry, dude. <laughs> <laughs> wow, the name of being rotten just cracks me up for some reason. I'm sorry. Uh, it should, it should. Uh, but he, he used to wrestle up here outside of Milwaukee, and he used to run IWA Mid South. And Ruby Soho used to wrestle at IWA Mid South, and she had yep. some death matches down there. So she's got it in her caliber uh, to pull it off. Uh, you know, and, and like I said, people have been been taking shots at her, and I think that's. Again, there's the only reason for that is misogyny. People have also been yeah. taking shots at Willow for the the power bomb she did off of the ramp, where you know she you know like oh she hit the table but she didn't take care of Anna J. Anna J was fucking fine. Okay, Anna J was well taken care of because if you've ever fallen, you know that the impact happens to the person who hits first, not the person who hits second. So yeah. Anna J was totally fucking fine. That was not a bad spot. It was you know 
you anyway it was a if you like brutality it was a great fucking match really proud of those girls really proud of what they were able to put on definitely i do not like Tay Conti at all, but I thought she stepped up. Uh, I'm an Anna J fan, not outstanding fan, but I've, I've liked a lot of what she's been able to pull off. I liked her better before she was with JAS, but Agreed. I thought it was a good match all the way around. And I, I, I hopefully I, it builds all four of them. Hopefully it gives all four of them credibility, kind of like that Thunder Rosa Britt Baker match did. The unsanctioned match between Britt Baker right. and Thunder Rosa also gave a you know gave a lot of people that it's that positive feelings towards them i'd like to see that towards the four who were in this match so that's my that's my pick did you guys did you guys watch it you're able to see it i did i saw it and i i agree when like i was like i, I think the first thing that i think tom uh Tom said it, so I don't want to steal his thunder, but it was like, woof, man, she got cut deep. <laughs> it's like, woof. Yeah. I was like, Ruby, like, and, but I love it because Ruby, it's, it's, you know, for whenever I feel like I'm punk rock or want to be punk rock and associate with punk rock, like, I was just like, fuck yeah, girl. Like, cause she is, she's a punk rocker and I could see her. She, that's the reason she did it. And so like, Good for you, but at the same time, I was like, whoa, yikes. But no, overall, I thought, again, it, solid performance by four women, and and rightfully so. And I sometimes I, I have, and this is what stinks, and like this is, again, I, I, I'm not trying to be misogynistic or, or, or patronizing or, or anything, but it's just – it, it, it kind of breaks my heart that the women have to go that hard sometimes. And it stinks because like you, Jim is Anna J is a very, she's a good wrestler and, and, and Ruby is great. Willow. I I've said Willow. I, I think I've brought her up several times, how much I like Willow. Um, Ty Conte, I, you know, I, it, verdict's still out on her, but at least she's, she's good enough to get to the big stage and whatnot. And it just, it does bum me out sometimes that they have to do these gimmicky matches to still get over. But Again, you know, like Jim, you brought up Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker, and it put them on the map. It, I think that that match truly did that. That number, like that image of Britt smiling with blood, was from that match, and it's it. And I watched it; it was amazing, and it, it just. I wish they wouldn't have to go this hard to get that way, but I understand it. I respect it. I will cheer for it. Um, you know, I hope that we get just baby like more stream streamlined women's wrestling. I, I'm totally fine with that, but I, I, I love what the women did. It, it, it was a good, it was a good quick story. It was brutal. And it, yeah, at the end of the day, I'm happy that the women got some, some, some TV time. It just kind of a drag that they had to do this kind of gimmicky match to kind of get over, you know, if, if that makes any sense. Absolutely. Well, Jim, you, you, you stole my thunder, man. I was also going to pick that match. Uh, I just want to add to, I was never a big Ruby Soho fan, but I am now. Uh, <laughs> I was blown away by that match. Um, Mike, I, I, I agree. I see your points and I, I also disagree. And, but the same with you, Jim, I, I 100% agree. If you're not bothered by Nick Gage versus Matt Cardona, and that was literally a contender of match of the year for me. Woof. If you're not bothered by any of the shit that Nick Gage does and you were bothered by being like, no, Ruby Soho, like you're a piece of shit and I don't want to talk to you. Matter of fact, I don't want you to listen to our show. Uh, just kidding. Hey, 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 like, hey, hey. Like us, love us, please. <laughs> uh, I am no, desperate for these incredible strangers. I, <laughs> 
I I really thought it was incredible that you had a brutal, vicious, hardcore style match between four women. I think it was just awesome. I it was it had everything you wanted as a, as a professional wrestling fan, um, and especially if you're into that hardcore style. I personally not so much. Um, she bladed deep. Who gives a shit? Like it's happened to so many wrestlers in the past. Cena. I mean, remember when Cena was cutting himself on a regular basis? Yeah. Like, nobody wants to talk about that. Mr. Squeaky Clean, Make-A-Wish guy. I mean, he was – dude, oh, my God. Some of his matches are just really gross. How much he's – I think he had a couple with JBL yeah, well, that were pretty Shocking. Cool. Yeah. So, <laughs> to, for a backup match of match of the week or match of the – since the last we recorded, I, I got to give it – I got to give it to Nakamura Muda. That match – is a contender for match of the year, uh, as, along with Osprey and Kenny Omega. Which, by the way, that match was so fucking good. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I had to throw it out there, Jim. That match was really fucking good. Um, but with with Nakamura and Muda, if you're a fan of story, uh, and with the little amount of time that they had to build a story, it was all there, and it was right. emotions. There 100%. was like, if you didn't get a little teary eyed when Nakamura and and Muda are like bowing to each other, I mean. The only the only negative thing is yes, Muda said some very like questionable things about Nakamura, <laughs> which was like I understand things can get lost in translation, but eh, maybe not maybe not use that language, Muda. But like <laughs> I, I don't want to excuse it. He should have known better to, to to say something like that. But uh, oh, it was a phenomenal homage to uh, Japanese strong style, and I I think. Seriously, if we're gonna when we're we're back here next year talking about match of the year, it's gonna be talked about. I, I think that was a phenomenal match, and and I think it was to go back to like what we were talking about. If we can get a WWE merger with AEW and New Japan, I there the sky's the limit with so many more matches. And and we were talking about it amongst ourselves. I mean, it is not that hard to make Nakamura one of the best wrestlers in your company, and mm. and. Well, it was Noah, right? Noah, Noah did it. Noah proved that Nakamura is money. So please, WWE, if you're listening to us, make that man champion. Make that man your guy. Make him the new Undertaker because he can pull. He can deliver every time he's in the ring, and he proved it. The ending to that match was beautiful. It was seriously one of the most beautiful professional wrestling matches I've ever seen. And Just and, and uh, my. My first match, definitely Ruby Soho. Second follow-up is Nakamura Muda. Go watch that match and give all the love to Muda because he's 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 headed out the door pretty soon. To the Cosmos. No, to the Cosmos Muda. And, uh, you know, just to, to the second Tom's pick, the entrances alone. And the Japanese do phenomenal entrances. But the fact that... Nakamura got to do he used his music from the WWE because oh, that's God, his. that entrance was so sick. Oh my god, unbelievable <laughs> with the violinist. And it, it's just is he and I can see and, and and boy oh boy, we're 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 going back here to NBC um buying it. I could see invest in Nakamura as the artist, as a man who has really found this kind of really awesome. I don't know what to call it, like not niche, but like foothold <laughs> in professional wrestling where he has combined it as art and performance and let the, please let him go. Let get, <laughs> I, Cause he's, he's getting up there. 
and and let him go. Please let him carry. And it, I, I would tune in. Absolutely. Some of my the, the most memorable matches I've ever seen have been involving Shinsuke Nakamura. Shinsuke Nakamura and AJ Styles is probably one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen in my life. And it is just it is so good. And yeah, I'm just seconding the pick. It was great. And it and God bless, I guess, if you wanted to get well done WWE for letting Nakamura go over. And I, I thought that was in a, in a rare show of respect or rare compassionate moment for the WWE to let someone go over and wrestle his mentor. Oh, yeah. Who he has been a mentor to hundreds. I, I, it has to be hundreds of different wrestlers. Um, Vampiro has credited Muda as how he does his thing. Um, oh my God, Nakamura, um, any Japanese wrestler, I think, has taken something from Muda. Mm-hmm. And it's Sting has taken something from Muda. Vader, it, it, the man's, it's insane. And it's it's a good match. So, wow. You think I'm going to pick, you know, obviously Shinsuke Nakamura and uh, Great Muda as my match of the week. Um, I took this differently and I was so impressed with last week's Dynamite that Dynamite from January 11th is my match of the week. I truly thought from bell to bell, from opening credits to bell, it was probably one of the best Dynamites I've ever seen. Um, I'll try and keep this brief. I don't want to get too much into it because I do have my favorite match of the night was uh, Brian Danielson versus... Uh, Kinosuke, oh my God, Kinosuke Takeshka was probably one of the, I, when he did that sheer drop brain buster to Daniel Bryan or, uh, God damn it, Brian Danielson on the floor. <laughs> yeah. I was like, holy, I, like, this is why I love professional wrestling. And I knew Takeshka had him protected every step of the way. And that's, it's just beautiful. But if you haven't seen that dynamite, please go back and watch. It kicks off with Hangman, Adam Page, and John Moxley. I thought, honestly, I I knew the the Escalera de la Muerta, whatever the fuck it was called, they were going to do with the Trios Turtle. I knew it was going to be Trios Turtle. Trios Titles was going to be something, but I Hangman, Adam Page, and Moxley. Cool I they gave him turtles. I got to be honest. It'd be really cool <laughs> yeah. if they gave him turtles. I'm into that, to be honest. <laughs> Just hanging turtles. No, and, 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 and I... I really want this to be open dialogue with you guys, but I truly thought when I heard Hangman, Adam Page, and John Moxley were going to fight, like I, that's a main event, and they open with it, and it was, it did not disappoint. I was, I was like, okay, I could see, you know, they're gonna, they're gonna fight, they're gonna slug it out, but that last five minutes of that match, gentlemen, when they, the, Hangman, Adam Page headbutted when he whipped his head up, he hit John Moxley with his head. Like, this was just a fight. And it, it, it I, wow, what a way, what an opening match. Like, I'm like, okay, how are yeah. they, wait, I have Brian Danielson versus Kenoshi Takeshka. I have this trios title match. I have so many other, MJF is coming out at some point. Like, wow, really, on the first match, what did you guys, like, how did, what did you that think? was going to be 
that was going to be my match of the week. Uh, and then, and then you, you know, Tom says, I stole his thunder. You stole all, you stole my thunder, my clouds. You stole everything. <laughs> <laughs> that was going to be my match of the week. Was that because that's, that's why I texted you guys. I was like, how the fuck do you not love Adam page? That match was so beautiful in terms of storytelling and terms of grit. I just, I just, if you don't respect Adam Page after that match, then you, Tom, are a fucking asshole. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, <laughs> Jim and I are clearly Adam Page boys, but like Tom, you, you, you've got something to say. I, I do. I do. I'll, I'll let Jim. Uh, go ahead. I'll I said what I needed to say. You're a fucking asshole. Continue. <laughs> so. As, as anybody who's been listening to her show, I am not a big Adam Page guy. And then, you know, I'm watching this match and I just hang my head and I, I didn't even, I don't even think I responded to your text, but <laughs> what I wanted to say was that was a really good fucking match. <laughs> I, I am, I am an Adam Page guy. You guys mm-hmm. turned me. I thought, I, and I don't think by any means I'm no place to be like, the kid's got to pay his dues. I just kind of like, didn't like his gimmick, but like, he fucking proved himself like he needs to prove himself to me, but like he proved himself to like, damn, you're in big boy territory, man. Like that was fucking awesome. Pinned, that was a great fucking match. Pinned Moxley clean. Yep. Like that's a deal. The guy who probably had the hottest year and you pin him after what? The first one, maybe second, first one after yeah. the first of the year and you pin him clean in the ring. That speaks volumes. Also, too, like the story and the buildup to it was perfect. It was it was fucking great. perfect. It was absolutely perfect. And you know, me being the troll that I am, I was like, ah, Adam Page, <laughs> like this is okay. This is great. It's scripted, but man, it just flowed beautifully. And yeah, I I'm on the Adam Page bandwagon. That that, that he he fucking blew me away. That was amazing. That was a really really good match. And and yeah, I, I mean, we kind of talked before we we jumped on here, but like Mike you know, kind of told us, like kind of spoiled a little bit and it was a close, it was a very close pick, you know, to, to match of the match of the week for sure. For sure. For sure. Yeah. So, and, and, and to keep this going, uh, you know, I'm already pretty, pretty, pretty up at this point. Cause I was like, wow, what a great match. And I, I can't believe I didn't catch this is, you know, Tony Schiavone comes out next and he's like, and I, I'm sorry, but if 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 there was a, a moment of greatness in Tony Schiavone, I feel like that was it. And when he was like, "Here's someone I don't really like, but here we go," and I was like, "Huh?" And baby, Adam Cole comes Adam Cole, out. Baby. I got. I was like, <gasps> and I was trying to be quiet. My wife was sleeping, and I <laughs> what a pop and. God well deserved. I cannot wait. So if uh, sorry, I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it. But if if you didn't see this, Adam Cole is back, baby, and it's I I just watch watch his yeah. promo. Well done, acknowledging the 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 wrestling community and 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 yeah. what he went through. And I it really when he said to, to he brought up him and Brit and when he got up and said I don't know what's wrong with me I thought was a such a profound statement and a strong statement that it's like it's okay to be scared 
and to not know what's going on and to be that this is my, this is, this is his life. And he wasn't even sure if he can continue. And I, you know, full disclosure, I was going to bring this up in the clickbait, but I wanted to save it for this because I thought it was such a great moment that he came out and open, openly acknowledged how scared he was and how he leaned on Brit and he got through it. And I was, and again, pro wrestling man, I thought he was going to announce the bad news as he was done. I really did because up yeah. like, because I was going to say with the clickbait is there was a lot of news leading up to this is that he was done. Is that this re- he got really really hurt at Forbidden Door, and he if you if you're not sure, really quick to catch you up, um, he had a very very serious concussion. Uh, two, of them. Uh, two of them, I guess, in the match or at least was dealing with one and got his belt because. The, the wrestling community is this, we must perform, we must go on. And he went on when he was still really hurting and got even rocked even more. And mm-hmm. I'm just really quick shout out to Jay White for, I think he acknowledged that and quickly, like, God bless him. Like, yeah. good for him uh, acknowledging that. But anyway, um, is that Adam Cole is really hurt and might not come back. And I, hot take here, gentlemen, you know, um, the best wrestler could be a toss up between MJF and Adam Cole. And mm. I, 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 I can't wait. I'm so happy he's back. Um, I feel like he, it, it's going to be an interesting, and, and this is why, again, this made this my match of the week. The, you know, the, the AEW dynamite, um, the whole thing is the potential that could come out of this is like, are we going to actually see an Adam Cole baby face? And could that work? <laughs> could that work against an MJF and like a baby face? Uh, right. And like, <laughs> he's been a baby face. He's been a baby face, baby face. And he, he has with future shock when he was originally with it. Mm-hmm. And granted it was a tag team, but like, Wow, there is a lot to this, and and it could get very personal, very deep. And this segment alone was enough. I, I implore you to go back and watch it. But clearly, we have something to say about it. So, Jim, like, what was your reaction to Adam Cole coming back? I fucking losed it. I, I absolutely. Lost. I, I'll be honest. I got emotional. Like, I I, I legitimately Same. got emotional because, you know, like you said, I've been reading all the reports that you know there's a good chance he wasn't going to be able to come back. And, and seeing him again with no setup, I mean, completely out of the blue, was like, holy fucking shit. Uh, just, <laughs> it, it, it was amazing. And I think all of the – you were leading leading up to exactly what I wanted to talk about with, with Adam Cole, Mike, and that is all of the elements for a face Adam Cole versus a heel MJF program are there. All the, Because that promo – I mean, you look at, you look at some of the great – face turns in pro wrestling history and so many of them involve the elements that adam cole brought out in that promo he humanized himself he talked about the realities he's overcoming this adversity he's getting the chance to see the world in a new way he he doesn't have the the things that usually make a a face turn difficult are your associations right because heels always have associations well all of his associations are out now right you know bobby fish isn't there thank god Kyle O'Reilly is hurt. Uh, You know, the Bucks are off with Omega. This is the perfect opportunity for a face Adam Cole to go gunning for MJF. And oh, fuck. 
oh god the amazing story those two are going to be able to put together is it's it's going to be legendary right we're going to talk about it 20 years from now what those two will be able to do together so i was beyond thrilled i i've loved reading all of the stories since it happened about you know like one of the stories was that uh, apparently on the call sheet it just said promo it didn't say any details about who it was. Like they were keeping it a secret from everybody in the building. They snuck Adam Cole in the building so yeah. that no one yep. knew he was there. I, I love, lo- I love the links that they went to and the, the way he told that story in that promo, humanizing uh, it, making it personal, making it real. But I love that little line at the end there. And now for the bad news, but it's not for me. It's for everybody. And then he just fired up and fired up. It just, he oh, had me. Dude, he had me. Just he, he had me. But though that story, again, to Jim, to, not to cut you off that storytelling, he had me. I, I thought he was done. I was like, oh, fuck. Like, I think I'm going to cry now. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, it was, I, I absolutely loved it. I, couldn't have asked for a better way to follow up that because that's that's the problem when you have a great match like Mox Hangman to lead off the show. How do you follow right? that up? That's how you fucking follow it up. <laughs> it's one of the great comebacks that, that you've ever seen. Gosh, man, I, I have been such a huge Adam Cole fan since Ring of Honor days. I mean, do you remember the the I think it was his lip, that nasty match he had with uh nasty match. <laughs> I'm sorry, everybody. I've been drinking. Uh, he got gashed by oh god damn! He got cut on his lip uh, from from Kyle O'Reilly. That match uh, that was like my biggest like. I love this dude. I don't know what it is about Cole that like I just I heal babyface anything he does. I'm just such a huge fan of his. And uh, you know, again, I, you guys always like uh, the big joke with three sweet me bro is you guys always like say everything that I want to say. And then you're like, Tom, what did you think? And I'm like, yes, <laughs> yes, I did. Uh, but no, what I really, I think the really awesome takeaway, uh, and I'll let you continue, Mike was when he said, I don't care. He's like the, the community reached out to me and he said, I don't care if Adam Cole ever wrestles again. I just want, and he like his voice broke and he yeah. was like, I just want him to be okay. And I, 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 was was 100% behind that train. Like he's such a, I, I love Adam Cole so much. Like he's one of my favorite wrestlers of this generation. He's so fun to watch. MJF and him will tear the house down. And yeah, I'm, I'm glad he's okay. And, and just like you, Mike, when he was like, I've got bad news. And I was like, Oh fuck, here we go. And he just lit up. I was like, there he is. Like, that's the dude I fucking love. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, absolutely, man. It was such a great promo. Right. And so we're talking about a promo of a part of a full <laughs> match of, of, of matches. So after this, right, so we get this powerful promo. We get Jungle Boy Jack Perry and yes. Hook versus The Firm, i.e. Big Bill and Lee Moriarty. And I'm, I'm, I'm a little disappointed they did it so soon, Agreed. but goddamn did I not get the biggest fucking hard on when hook. I I don't care. I'm sorry because I, there's something about a little guy versus a big guy. And they just, that, that this just, maybe it was a magical night. And like, this just, it just, 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 this is what I needed. But when hooks looking at big bill and it's the little guy versus the big guy, he does it. And he T bone suplexes him. 
God bless Big Bill. He was in on it. He understood it. And this oh, yeah. is what I love about this. But, like, that place came off the it was insane. And, Off and the hook. I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> but even Tony Schiavone, the great Tony Schiavone said, this crowd just lost their mind. And like, I hope that convinces Hook to stay with wrestling because, and again, I was really surprised on this one. I thought he was going to get beaten up. I thought this was going to be the one that the firm was going to come out and beat up. I still think it needs to happen. I Again, to the, you know, to the wrestling uninitiated, there needs to be, there's always the good, the good, but then there needs to be the bad, but then there needs to be the comeback. And I think to truly make this work, there needs to be some type of animosity, comeback, whatever. So whether it's the seeds between, I don't see this, this is a very weird kind of sharp left turn if something happens with Jungle Boy and Hook, maybe, or is that they just beat, <laughs> and I think what's going to happen is the firm beats the shit out of Jungle Boy or Jack Perry, or, or I'm sorry, Jungle Boy or Hook. I think it needs to be Hook. Mm-hmm. We've talked about this where I think he needs to come back because he's always been spotlight, 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 which is I'm really weird. I'm really shocked that they did this T-bone so fast. So I could see some retaliation coming. Maybe it's going to come, but I mm-hmm. thought like, Wow, Adam Cole comes back and you get the, like it just wow. So you get again. Let me recap. Adam Page, John Moxley kicks you off. You get this amazing promo from Adam Cole, and oh by the way, it's supposed to feel like a mid card thing, but you get hooked, t-boning the suplex out of an eight foot man, and like yeah. what? So again, really quick, not to elongate this. What were your thoughts on that? Because again, I brought this up. In our, you know, Hook is going to be, he's my, he's my rookie of the year, my breakout star. And I thought that it was going to be a big build up to this. And like, do you, are you surprised it happened so quick or, or, or what? So Jim, what do you think? Well, I want Tom to go first so that I can't steal his thunder. <laughs> <laughs> it's about that time, you guys. Uh, yes, I agree. Jim, you? No. uh so- <laughs> I, I, I agree with your point, Mike. I, I think they, they needed to uh, tease the tease the T-bone a little longer. I think Hook needs to – yes, I think Hook needs to get beat up. But the one takeaway that I, I, I took from it is those two dudes are insanely young. And the sky's the limit for those guys. Like, to me, I and, – and maybe this is what you're alluding to. I would love to see this story play out and it, it goes back and forth and then Hook – Either Hook is the heel or – because Jungle Boy can't. I, I just don't think Jungle Boy has it in him to be heel. It's just not convincing. Hook <laughs> needs to be the heel and they need – this is like to me an IC, uh, an IC match in the making, like Intercontinental Championship, like mid-card dream match because they're so young. They have the potential to tell a really good story of like Hook turning his back on Jungle Boy and nice. this is this is a long term booking scenario, which I think they could really go with. And yeah, I I, I do agree. I think they teased the uh, they they did the the suplex. I think a little too early. But damn, when with that pop was just if you if if you were disappointed by that, I don't know what to tell you because that was like even I was like, oh, they did it too soon. Holy shit! Like oh my god, I was like marked, you know marked out to the I did. so. I had to be quiet. I wanted to, my yeah. wife was sleeping and I wanted to scream when he did and, that. And, and, and I think uh, it's, it, again, T 
to your point, uh, the last time I recorded with Bill being your uh, what, what was it? Return, the, return, of, return the year. of the year. One, he looks insanely Unreal. good, phenomenal he shape, looks so good. And two, the the when he what I was like sold on him and you know fuck Enzo and all that. To me, it was the two things that I, I took away was like it's two, and I don't know where Bill's from. It's two New York guys. You know, you got the rough Bronx dude, then and the kind of posh Jersey boy, like, hey, what's the matter, you? You know, like, <laughs> and and I thought that was really great storytelling. There, you can go in that direction. But when Bill got out of the ring and he w- he literally mouthed, "What the fuck?" and I was like. I'm sold, dude. That guy sold it perfectly. He, he did. Was, it was perfect selling on Bill's part. And I think that needs to be addressed that like this is, you know, I don't think it's a renaissance of, you know, what's his name, but like, what was he in WWE? Big cast. This yes. is not a renaissance scenario, but like, this was like, to me, okay. Okay. Like we're seeing some really good stuff from him. Really good. No. And Jim before, and that's, and that's, and, and, why he was my return of the year because I think he he it really like what he could have absolutely have been you know he could have run back of the ring went did business for himself but that he sold yeah. that like what hook got me like perfect well done perfect. well done then like and that's if he goes to the WWE I'm not going to be mad about it because man you have earned your story like you've earned this you've earned it so Jim sorry go ahead <laughs> I I was I was gonna say I mean. You know, I'm gonna pull Tom. Yeah, what you said, uh, but also <laughs> to me, the the unsung hero of the match was Lee Moriarty. I, I think that that guy has been doing phenomenal work for a while now, 100%. and it, it's just he doesn't get noticed as much because he's in there with other phenomenal talents as well. Yeah, I, I've been incredibly impressed with Lee Moriarty for for uh, several weeks now, and I think in that match, she did a really great job. Uh, I think he's a really good foil to Big Bill. I think he's a really good, uh, you know, kind of strong worker. So I thought, yeah, I thought it was a good match. I don't think the, I got to be honest, I don't think Hook Jungle Boy is going anywhere because if you look at the history of Hook teams, it's a yeah. one and done. You know, I mean, he, he comes out, he helps the guy. They have a team, they have a tag team match. They win and then on to the next. So Good point. I would love to see down the road a Jungle Boy hook thing, but I think that it's just going to be okay on to the next for, for Hook because that just seems to be what they do with him. Yeah. And like, and that's, and it, it's funny that you actually bring that up. Um, Cause I, I, again, you know, my mongoloid brain was like, you're giving me what I want and I'm really happy. But I, I did have kind of a moment of clarity where it's like, is this all hooks going to be, is he's going to be the savior. And it's like, he's, he, he, again, I, I don't think we got into this in the last, excuse me. I don't think we got into this in the last podcast, but um, is he kind of a wasted, wh- wh- where are they going to go with him? Because I'm kind of starting to see now, like, is he a one and done? Is he going to be the savior or are they actually, cause I, I hope they push him. Cause I, I, I really can see a, a lot again to use Jim's favorite word. Potential is <laughs> there's a lot of potential it's just interesting to see what they do with it. So well, to, to what you guys were talking about, you know, to speak to what you guys were talking about with, he needs to get beat up. We need more character development. We, yeah. he's such yeah. a two dimensional character right now. We need more development. And that comes from 
showing us his flaws. You know, even Superman has a fucking flaw, and that's why what makes him all the more likable. Right. Hook needs to get beat up, period. And that's 100%. how you know Hook is real. His 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 character is going to go somewhere. I wouldn't even take a losing streak. I don't know if you thought about Sorry, Jim. A losing streak? Like a two or three? Like a Lee Moriarty? Like someone a more experienced should beat him. And it's... I the thing that I would like to see and and because he's he's so he's very reminiscent of his dad, you know, uh, you know, he's, oh, he reminds me of, you know, Taz and ECW, the human suplex machine, which is great. I think I absolutely agree with you. I think you made a really great point is that like I was about to say I was about to say Neville. I think <laughs> I think him and Pac would be great. And I think Pac is the guy to humble the shit out of him. And yeah. I, I would, which also, cause more TV time for Pac. I'm, I'm a huge fan oh, of his. Please. I think it would be great. <laughs> and then you get an orange Cassidy who he's the, you know, lazy nonchalant cool guy and he beats him. And he, all of a sudden it's like this, re, yep. this restructure of a character as like, okay, now we're going to start seeing maybe a little bit of Taz in there of the human, you know, FTW, I'm from the uh, Red Hook district, yep. and I would love to see that. I think it would be great, and it would be a wonderful homage to ECW. Um, but, yeah, I, I totally agree. I think he does need to go on, like, a very lengthy – not a lengthy, excuse me. I think he does need to have a losing streak, and it needs to be some of your top-tier, you know, top-tier level wrestlers, which is like Pac, Absolutely. Orange Cassidy, even, you know um, – I'm trying to think even like uh, Malachi Black would be great and have the heaven. I know. I think obviously you're probably going to get to that, but the house of black (laughs) would be a great, I think would be a great feeder to him. You know, you know, even Buddy Murphy, hell, even him and Buddy Murphy would have bangers of matches. So yeah, I I definitely agree with you there, Mike. I had never thought of hook versus Pac, but hook versus Pac could be fucking amazing. Oh my God. Dude, it would be all, you literally like, kind of was like, Oh wow. Shuddered. Like, wow. That would be amazing. Because I mean, if you think about it, (laughs) two fast guys, well, to go back to that, and Pac's technical, he can, he can wrestle like yep. and fly. I think uh, one of the under most underrated things about him is he also can talk. He's mm-hmm. a great fucking oh. like he's great on the mic. Is he MJF level? Absolutely not because no. he doesn't need to be. But he he would be because per- he's that kind of he has that like I'm going to talk to you slowly so you understand me. I'm going to be very direct. So because you're too stupid to understand big words, you know, like <laughs> I, I think that would be and, and then you get hook and. All it takes is Pac to fluster him on the mic, and it would be just weeks of storyline. Boom. Oh, absolutely. And also, too, you can kind of get out of that death triangle loss, and then you kind of you get the Lucha, Lucha Brothers to do their own thing. I mean, it's fantasy booking 101 here, but, like, <laughs> right. I mean, I think that would be phenomenal to see. Absolutely. So, and, and just to say, this sounds like this was my match of the week. It's not. Because... <laughs> After this, we have, gentlemen, I'm sorry. If you haven't seen this match, I, woof, I know I'm, I'm very anti-WWE right now. But you AEW shill. I, I was, I almost texted you guys. I think this might be my match of the year, 16 days in. And this is 
what I'm talking about is the American Dragon, Brian Danielson versus Kenosuke Takeshita. I, so <laughs> I don't know how to unpack this, but <laughs> so Kenosuke comes out and then immediately you get MJF who probably cuts the, <laughs> a great promo and insults not only Kaneska, insults America, insults yeah. everybody else. Like, but then you get so I, I watch this match. I'm not gonna. We, we could spend another again 30 minutes. I feel like on this match, Danielson comes out, chases MJ off. I I I love this build. But then you get what could possibly be the match of the year with these two gentlemen of a seasoned, diligent, amazing professional of what could possibly be the next coming of professional wrestling. If you have not seen Kenose Takeshita wrestle, the way that man hits the ropes, <laughs> like he's yeah. so fast the way he hits the ropes. And I, I'm so sorry, I'm yelling frothing at the mouth I, I am he <laughs> did in this match he does a sheer drop brain buster to brian danielson and i was like oh my god i truly thought brian was dead i was like he has a concussion and it's it is a beautiful professional wrestling match and the fact that it's these two guys and i believe even i jim i can't wait to hear what you have to say about this because even i think brian was like He's everything you've heard about him is the real deal. And the fact that Brian trusted him to protect him and like, it's wow. It's still real to me. Damn it. But it's like, <laughs> it's this, it, it, this is a beautiful, beautiful wrestling match. And it, it, it is made, you get this. Let me explain it this way. <laughs> you order a three course meal, you get a cocktail, Okay, you know what the match is about. You know it's Brian Danielson versus Kanosuke Takeshita. That's your that's your cocktail. Your appetizer is Brian or is uh, MJF coming out and really working up the crowd. And then your entree and dessert is Brian Danielson versus Kanosuke Takeshita. Is it, it, it's beautiful and I, <laughs> hoof Jim. <laughs> Help me out here. Like, do you, why do you need a towel? Oof! I yeah, need. I need a towel. towel. He's nice pack. He's <laughs> nice pack. I need a shower. I truly, truly. It took everything I had to tell you, gentlemen. Match of the year. We're yeah. sixteen days in, and this was beautiful. Back and forth. I thought. Jim, help me out. <laughs> I'll, I'll say that, you know, number one, Brian Danielson has come out since the match and said that, you know, when all said and done, Takeshita has the ability to be one of the best of all time. And and that's that's high praise coming from Brian Danielson. And Brian yeah. Danielson says you could be one of the best of all time. Fuck, man. I'd be <laughs> I'd be eating out to the I'd be going out to lunch on that for the rest of my career. But <laughs> I would say that for me, the the, the surest sign of a phenomenal long-term talent and you see this in guys like Danielson and you see it in guys like Dean Malenko who I am a gigantic fucking fan of you see this in people like Jamie Hayter even is people who take those those you know 
almost everyone knows them moves those those very very simple traditional moves and they hit them so cleanly and so powerfully that it takes it to a new level Mm -hmm. jamie Hayter and kanoska takeshita have probably the best clotheslines I've seen delivered in oh, yeah. generations. Oh, and, and the fact that that Takeshka has such a deep move set, but is still able to cleanly hit a fucking clothesline that makes you think, oh my God. Because you know, look, John Moxley does the King Kong clothesline, and that looks brutal, but you can tell it's something that only works in this situation. Right. To catch this clothesline is like fucking believable and it's yeah. brutal. And the fact that you can do that, you can take the staples and elevate them is a sign of, of, of somebody who really has a gift. And I, to me, that's what really shown out about to catch in this match. Danielson was Danielson. The guy just doesn't fucking miss. And when he's in there with somebody in the town of Takeshita, who has, again, the, the, the move set that he has, but also that understanding of fundamentals, of course, you're going to have a great fucking match. Of course, you're going to have an amazing match. I love the MJF promo before it. Uh, I, I liked how I liked how M, you know they were in LA, so MJF got to take shot at celebrities in the audience. Oh, my God. <laughs> really fit. It was the perfect place for him. So, yeah, it was. It was it was phenomenal. It was, you know, we've you mentioned we're 16 days in. We've already had some amazing fucking matches this year. And Danielson versus Takeshita is, is on the short list already for match of the year. Absolutely. Yikes. Yeah. T- Tom, what are your thoughts? <laughs> you know, we, to, to be, to be, disagree, Tom. Honest, disagree. I'm not, I'm not a Danielson guy. Uh, <laughs> I was bored. I was bored all match. Give me, give me, give me almost versus Braun Strowman every day of the yeah. week. Yeah, can we talk about Braun Strowman and Jeff Jarrett, please? Uh, oh, there he is. Yeah. You know? <laughs> there he is. Uh, no, I mean to keep it short and sweet, uh, dude. Uh, man, Danielson is is one of the greatest <coughs> fucking wrestlers of all time, and and Mike's dying. Uh, <laughs> No, I, I, Danielson is one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. I, I it was, it was an incredible match. I, that's, you know, I mean, I can't, I can't add much to it. So it was, it was, it was incredible. And, and yeah, when he did the brain buster, I was like, Oh wow, he's dead. Like, wow, he's dead. So no, I, it, I, couldn't, incredible match. I couldn't believe like that. I wanted, we could have a, like, I feel like we could have a 20 minute conversation on that. The fact that like Brian trusted him that much to do something yeah. with him on the outside. Like how great Kenosuke Takeshita is. It, 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 Okada, maybe? Like next? I, it, he, the way he is rising has been, it, 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 uh, man, he's amazing. He, he, he really is. And I, I highly implore you to watch this match. We get a couple of we get a couple of promos, which I I, I fully admit I was kind of surprised of. We get J Robs, Juice Robs, Juice Robinson comes up to channel Barbie Allen, and I'm like, I give me Drew, give me more Juice Robinson. I'm like, why? How is this keep going on? Like, I give me more Juice Robinson. Like. I, that's all I have to say. I, Jim, I don't know if you have something to say to that. I know Tom loves Juice Robinson. Oh, but like, 
Use yeah, I, I, yeah. Use use that fucker. You you, right. you got him. Fucking use him. What a surprise, though. Like, right? Like, I'm like, holy shit! It's, it's Juice Robinson. Like, I love it. At this point, I'm I'm sweating. I'm 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 having a great time. I get I <laughs> I, I, a great I time. I'm having a great time. I have a great time. I'm sorry. I thought this was like what a solid. It's Wednesday night. I'm I'm having a great time again. Mike's wife is getting really it's jealous. It's Wednesday right and now. I'm having a blast. <laughs> guys, guys and gals, I'm feeling good. We get Jamie Hader, Britt Baker, and Soraya and Tony Storm. And wow, <laughs> top notch wrestling uh from probably the four of the strongest women wrestlers in the game right now um i believe it was uh i i was i, I was hoping for a lot of tony storm jimmy hater uh it that kind of evolved a little bit more towards the end of the match um and it, it, again interesting matchup because it's you could easily take all four of these women and break them up into different solo matches and, and, and they would perform well. Um, but I just, I love the British strong style and I know Tony storm, who's not British, but she's from New Zealand, which is, if you know your history, stay with me. But Jamie Hayter is English and just that, that, that strong style. And they did really, really well. But again, Britt Baker and Soraya absolutely performed really, really well. Um, but I think, honestly, the thing I'm really intrigued about is the ending of the match. Is So the ending of the match, uh, to catch everybody up, is, uh, it, sorry, start over a little bit, is a week before, is the, uh, who is going to be uh, Soraya's tag team partner? You know, and it's NLA. Uh, you know, if you've been again sleeping under a rock, Mercedes Monet, i.e., Sasha Banks, has been she's from LA, has been there, and there was a lot of speculation that it was going to be her. And at, at this, like a week ago, uh, Soraya announces that it's going to be Tony Storm, but like kind of dismisses uh, Sheeta, her car, Sheeta, and it's very obvious <laughs> Sheeta is pissed off, and so. They didn't really, and interesting storytelling, they just kind of glossed over it, and it was, okay, so, you know, you've got the the, the tag team of Jamie Hayter, women's champ, and Britt Baker versus Saray and Tony Storm. And at the end of the match, uh, Sheeta comes out, slides the her kendo stick in, and somehow misses, you can't see I'm quoting, misses, and <laughs> Jamie Hayter picks it up, smacks, I believe it was Tony Storm with it, Hits her with what is questionably one of the best lariats in the business, and it's over. And but it is setting this for a Sheeta heel turn. And I have only known Sheeta as a face. And so again, after all everything we've been through all evening, we get this. So, gentlemen, what are your thoughts on this? Like. Good positioning, good, you know, for the match. Like, what did you think of the match overall? Because I thought it was, again, great, solid, quick little match. Yeah, I. this is one of those temper your expectations things. Because I, I it was. For what it was, it was a great match. 
but the whole time I'm just wondering when the fuck Mercedes Monet is going to be coming out. Um, and, and so, you know, I, I, I'll admit I, at first I was a little let down and then I realized that's stupid. That's not their fault. That was my expectation. You know, that's, I can't hold that against them. And it was, it was a very, it was a very good match. It was a very solid match. And you're right. All four of them know what they're doing. All four of them very much know how to put on a, a stellar match and they showed it. Uh, I, I, I I'll say it, I'm not a looking forward to the Hikaru Shida turn. Uh, I don't I I don't think Shida's that great of a character. I think she's a great wrestler, but I don't think she's a very good character. And a heel needs to be a good character, and I right. just don't see it. So I'm not looking forward to that. But for what it was, the match itself was very very good. And and again, hopefully it gets the women's division more respect because it's. It deserves it. It's just that you still have a lot of misogynists out there who refuse to give it. So I, 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 I see it as a positive thing on the whole. Uh, just not looking forward necessarily to where the story is leading after this. I think uh, <clears throat> this was what happens when you have four phenomenally great wrestlers and just bad storytelling. <laughs> because and, and yeah, I, I think absolutely, Jim. I think that. I was let down because yeah, Mercedes Monet wasn't, wasn't there, but at the same time I was like, well then why would you write this big prolonged tease of like mystery partner, wink, wink, Hey, you know, money and this and Britt Baker's name dropping all this, like I'm the boss and I'm this. And then all of a sudden out of nowhere. And, and I really do think at that taping or that, that show when, you know, Soraya like looks to Tony Storm and is like, that's actually you, Tony. I think beforehand they were like, oh, uh, yeah, we can't get her. Uh, we can't get her. No, she's too busy. Like, this was like, uh, uh, we need to fix this now. And because when I was watching it, I was like, huh. I was like, okay, that was weird. Okay. And then I was like, oh, and then they'll do the injury angle. And then out comes, you know, Mercedes Monet. And then that didn't happen. And I was like, oh, this is just bad story. This is like, Tony Khan clearly being like, oh shit, we couldn't get her. Fuck, fuck, fuck. You're like, uh, Sheeta, go heal. You know, like, and, and I think that's what happens. And yeah, I, I agree with you, Jim. I have no interest in seeing Sheeta turn heel. I really don't. Um, I, Britt Baker and Jimmy Hader, phenomenal wrestlers. Soraya, phenomenal wrestler. And, and yeah, Tony Storm, I love Tony Storm. But like, it was just one of those things where it was like, uh, it was good, a little disappointed. Bad story, you know, bad story, but they can recover. So they'll run and, and they will, you know, they will. And then we get, and I, if I have to say bit of a hiccup and I feel really bad for Ricky Starks, I, I really do. How do you, is we get a JAS Ricky Starks segment? Uh, they were doing what they could. They tried. It's like, how, like, how do you, I, I, was it bad? What do you think, yeah. Jim? Bad decision to put? Yes. Yes, it was. Yes, 100% bad decision. Because putting anybody with Chris Jericho is a kiss of death at this point. <laughs> putting anybody with the Jericho Appreciation Society is a spit in the face at this point. It's just it, the Jericho Appreciation Society is the most – it sucks all of the life out of the room. There, there, it just – it is such a lame fucking gimmick anymore. It's so obnoxious. Starks, you know, is coming off of an amazing fucking match with MJF. Now Starks and Action Andretti are somehow fucking two nice. against 
38 people in the JAS and we're supposed to believe there's a fucking plausible opportunity. I just stop it. Just fucking stop it. Either, either the JAS needs to disband or Chris Jericho needs to drop dead. Either or <laughs> I'll, I'll accept because Ricky Starks is too good to be in dealing with this JAS horse shit. So what do you, uh, but that's the thing is totally. like, so what, and I agree with you and not to steal Tom's thunder, but what <laughs> Tom do you doesn't have thunder like, anymore? Yeah. Apparently this is too sweet. <laughs> bro. So, well, no, but like it's, it's Jericho gives you a bit of a rub and it's, it, I feel like this honestly could have been okay. Just not for the fact that like, we just saw like, an hour and a half of great, like amazing shit. We're already blown up. And it's like, um, Oh God, how do we get the guy that's super hot Starks? We like, you know what I mean? And like, I feel like this was just, it wasn't good timing. I don't know. The, the, Tom, I want to hear what you have to say. The, I, I want to end your point. I think there's a big difference between maybe 10 years ago, getting that rub from Jericho to now, because <laughs> Uh, I mean, really, I honestly mean that because I agree with Jim. Ricky Starks does not need this. He is a star by himself. And this is fair enough. This is Jericho's, you know, inflated ego being like, oh, you need me, kid. Like, I, I can put you over when it's like starts like I can fucking put myself over, man. And that's what it was to me. And and honestly, like I do well like said. what was it? Action Andretti. What is that his name? Right. Yeah, yeah. What is his name? Action Andretti. So Action Andretti. I honestly, I mean, I like him. I think he's he's good. He's got a lot of great potential. But I think I, I think because of that entire promo, I don't want to use the word buried because I don't think they buried him. But they didn't make him look good. No. I thought they kind of made him look pretty weak, especially when you've got. You know, Stark, who can work the mic, whether you like Jericho or not, he can work the mic. There, I mean, pretty much, I mean, that's pretty much it, but it was all those guys at once just kind of dogpiling on Action Andretti, and I think they kind of made him look a little weak. And I think, I do think, I don't think this was more than a hiccup. I think this was probably the worst part of Dynamite. I was just kind of confused as to why Starks was out there and then on top of that too, which we didn't even we didn't even mention, um, why was the Jericho Appreciation Society? Uh, Jericho, what is it? JAS Jericho Appreciation Society. Please explain to me why they were at PWG. Yeah, because, because Jericho, because Chris Jericho, because yeah. Chris Jericho has to be in every fucking promotion. He has to be this like renowned world traveler and i was like you had no business being there you ruined the fucking show if you if you ask me Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so anyways i again i'm getting off topic i I think it was the weakest segment of the of the show they made andretti look weak and i i think with all of our talk with mjf and starks i really do think this hurts starks in in the worst possible way because now it's it's he's put back on the back burner he's wrestling with jericho and now he's only got to prove himself and go up again so it's just right. like I, I yeah. was like, eh, I could have done with all without all of this. So Jim, what'd you what do you think, man? Well, let's let's be clear about something real quick. Action Andretti has had one match <laughs> in AEW. It's just that he had one fucking match and it was against Chris Jericho and he won. And now we're gonna make this giant fu- and again, we're not making him a star. 
we're making him we're building him up so that he can get beat by Jericho because, you know, Jericho is going to get the win back. So they're building up action Andretti so that eventually Jericho can beat him and they can be like, ha ha, we we did it. Ricky Starks is just there at this point. You to the, it, here's how you know for a fact that Ricky Starks is not uh, seen as an important part of the equation. They put him in a match with Jake fucking Hager. Okay, you put, <laughs> put yeah. people in a match with Jake Hager is what you do when you're considering firing them, right? Because it's, you got to wonder which is worse: wrestling Jake Hager or not getting a paycheck. Because it's, I mean, honestly, you got to think long and hard about which one you'd rather have. There. So Starks is getting fucked over in this whole deal Jericho's ego yet again causing major fucking problems for other talent I don't like it I don't like it one bit Action Andretti has had one goddamn match stop it just fucking we don't need this no one needs this you know what put put Chris Jericho versus Jeff Jarrett in an exploding ring match and then (laughs) just explode the ring you're like, all right, and ring the bell. Ding, ding, ding. All right. And they, here's a collar elbow. T- oh, my God. The ring exploded. Oh, my God. There's shrapnel everywhere. There's my fantasy booking. God damn it. <laughs> okay. If, if, if you stayed with us. And again, I, I like I know I've treated this entire thing as is as, as match of the week. We end with the main event of Death Triangle versus the Elite. We all know how I feel about the elite. Love I, them. I, <laughs> I I knew they were gonna Love win. Them. I oh <laughs> God. I knew I knew they were gonna win, but man, goddamn, did these guys did not disappoint. And I will leave it. I will turn it over to you two because I I did I have so much animosity to the elite, but I'm sorry, when Kenny Omega did the one-wing angel to Phoenix off the ladder, I I, I did. <laughs> like, I, I heard for Ray Phoenix's life. I knew the, the, the six professionals in the ring would not let that happen, oh, yeah. i.e. at least those two, Kenny Omega and Phoenix, would not ever hurt each other. But, like, uh, this is why I just I get so mad at the elite in and because they're they're good at what they do. And this <laughs> was a good story and it was an end to a good story. It, it obviously wasn't the way I wanted it to end. Um, but top to bottom, what a I have always thought the best of seven series um, I've ever seen was Booker T versus Chris Benoit. Um, I thought that was, it was, it was so good. Solidly a, they, they didn't rely on their gimmicks. They relied on their wrestling skills. And it, that was a, probably the, up until now, the best, best of seven series matches that I've ever seen. And the fact that these six guys, Death Triangle and Elite, built their character in it. They built the CM Punk drama into it. They built the fact that they're phenomenal wrestlers. I, 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 I can't, again, I, I don't like the young bucks, but they're good at what they do. Kenny Omega. That's a given. You have Pac. It, that's a given. You have Pentel, whatever name he's going by this week. I'm sorry. I know him <laughs> as Pentagon jr. Um, and Phoenix, his brother, 
This was a great, phenomenal way to end what was one of the best weeks of red, a weekly television show that I've ever seen. And uh, yeah, again, the fact that I almost had a heart attack when he one wing Angel Phoenix off the ladder, <laughs> because I know Phoenix. And, and again, I, I, it, there, there's got to be some marks that listen to this. And Phoenix wrestles hard. He wrestles in the fact I knew he he want, probably wanted to take that. And and Omega protected him every one of the way. But this was a, to quote the great Jim R, a fucking barn burner of a match. And what a way to end a pay-per-view. And I'll, I'll turn it over to you, gentlemen, because I'm sure you can give it a little bit more justice than I can. But would the a match of the week. This was my <laughs> event of the week was AEW Dynamite. And what a way to cap it off with this main event. All these guys are are phenomenal wrestlers. There's no doubt about it. Um, however, the one thing that bothered me the most about this match is that I've seen it 10 other times. And as much as I, 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 I love... Uh, Death Triangle, I think they're they're one of the funnest and most interesting trios. Uh, you know what you're getting with Kenny Omega and Elite, but my biggest problem was, was it great? Absolutely. Was it a banger? Of course. However, I feel like I've seen this match not only with Death Triangle, but with everything that the Elite do, um, I've seen it time and time again. It's, you know, especially... In a ladder match, you know, you. I was kind of like, oh, here comes the one wing angel off, you know, a big spot, big spot, big spot. Here we go. And and I, not by no means am I trying to take away from how talented these guys are, but it just seemed to me a little watered down. I was kind of, I mean, not disappointed, but it was just like, I have seen this match 10 different times. So, <laughs> and I'm more intrigued to see. I'm definitely more intrigued to see the Death Triangle move on to, to different trios or if they split up. Hmm. We get to see a tag team between, you know, uh, Penta and Ray, you know, with the tag team division. I think they should go do the tag. I want to see, and I really hope they do it, I want to see Pac versus Omega for the New Japan belt. Mm-hmm. Because I, 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 you got to let those guys go. I, I, I. I'm 100% positive that you will get the same quality match from Will Ospreay and Kenny, Kenny Omega as you will with Pac, Pac and Kenny Omega. So was it a great match? Absolutely. No, no doubt. I mean, and I, I texted you, Jim, and, and it was like fantasy booking. I was like, man, how perfect would it be if FTR showed up and cost them the titles? And then you get Death Triangle versus House of Black or whatever. And I was like, you know, and I won't go down the CM Punk FTR rabbit hole with AEW, uh, but I mean, fantasy booking, I think that would have been great. But I feel like we've seen this match play out a, a ton of times. And, and Interesting. I do, I you know, as much shit as we, we give the box, I, I do I do enjoy them. I, I, I think they're phenomenal talents, but I'm, I'm ready for something different. I mean, Jim, what, what do you think, man? I mean, are, 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 do you interesting? Do you kind of agree or do you, do you disagree? No, I agree. Actually, I I, I thought I, I thought that it was good, but you're right. It's it's recycled. 
Um, I really, I'm, I'm the thing I loved about the best of seven series was the, the story that was told about the ring hammer, the ring bell hammer. Right. right. And, and you yeah. know that, that progression of like the, you know, come to the dark side kind of stuff. I, I, I really enjoyed watching all of that play through. Uh, once it became clear that, oh, they're going to do a the elite come back from down three one. Once I once they started talking about coming back from three one, I was like, oh, so they are going to give it to the elite. Yep. I, I would love to see the elite versus House of Black. Uh, I think that would be fucking so cool to see. Uh, yeah. I would love to see that. I would love to see Death Triangle you know, not split up, but, you know, pursue what they were doing before rather than pursuing trios, pursuing solo and, and tag. Uh, I, I thought it was a very good match. It was a very good match. It's just you're right, Tom. It wasn't it wasn't new. It wasn't breaking new ground. Uh, yeah. But th- but there's again, there's nothing wrong with doing. A, I mean, you mentioned that Benoit Booker T best of seven. It's not like they were busting out new moves in match six. You know, they, right. was, they, they both it was uh, it was about how do you tell the story? Because yeah, right. if you're going to have the same two guys going at it for seven matches, it's about the story you're telling throughout it. And so I thought they did a lot of good stuff with that in the Death Triangle Elite Best of Seven. But yeah, as for the, the that particular match seven itself, yeah, solid, just yeah. not not new. Yeah, fair enough. Because I was I was actually hoping for more of a Death Triangle versus House of Black. But like actually now hearing you guys talk it out, I'm like, no, I actually would like to see an elite that it makes more sense is these like goofballs versus these guys that are like, no, we want to fucking kill you. I'm kind of surprised. It's like House of Black is doing a lot of like elevations and darks. And I'm like, I thought his biggest thing was that like, we're not on this. So it's again, like, what are we like? I don't know. I didn't know if you heard it. Obviously, you heard something about it because I I saw it, too. And I was like, wait, like you were pining that your character and like now you're back on kind of the the smaller shows. So, like, I don't know. I'm just. Well, they're they're working that angle right now with Eddie Kingston and Ortiz. And and they had that match on Rampage. And, you know, they're so they're 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 doing a little bit more of, of, of the main line as well, but not enough. You know, absolutely right. not enough. Uh, you, you have talent. All three of those guys are just scary fucking good. Just yeah. frighteningly good. You, you got to let them shine on, on the main shows. You just have to. And again, that's part of the reason I get so viscerally mad when I see Jeff Jarrett on television. It's because <laughs> every fucking second that right. his bitch ass is on that screen is a second that the House of Black could have been on and, and right. wasn't because Jeff Jarrett needs to fucking who knows. Go I don't away. Know. Oh my god. Fuck that guy. Talk about go away, Heat. My, oh god. my god. So I, I think for for me, fantasy booking wise, I would love to see Malachi kind of take that Bray Wyatt role that we never got to see uh, of the fiend where he's playing mind games and he dismantles like all of them dismantle the elite. I think it would be just really solid storytelling. Whereas like you get, you know, this cultish leader who's like, I can break the elite and Amy does it. And then he can literally break their mind. Brody King's the guy to break their body Buddy Murphy's the guy to like, and I've said this for, for a while. And I have told my other various wrestling friends that like Buddy Murphy without a doubt can hang with Kenny Omega. And I, and I, what, how great 
would it be if Bodie Murphy gets a win over Omega and then thus creating the more mind games of like, hey, I'm the new Kenny Omega. What are you? You know, and it, it, months of really, really great storyline can come from that. And yeah, and I think I actually to correct myself, I believe Death Triangle and the House of Black already kind of had a feud, didn't they? they? Yep. And so like. So to correct myself, yeah, no, I, I it's already been one and done. I think the elite is the, the way to do it. And yeah, you you got, you know, the young bucks who are the cocky kind of like California bros and like <laughs> and then you got Kenny Omega who's, you know, pronounced himself as the world's greatest, you know, wrestler of all time and then you get these three like evil doom dudes just <laughs> hovering around. I think it's 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 seriously book, like smart booking, smart storytelling. And you know, sky's the limit. And I, I man, I, I would love to see Malachi Black get more than a trios champ. Uh, and I think it's coming, but man, it's God, it's, it's going to so. be a long road to get there. Yeah. Um. So yeah, who who knows? But I, I think the next step for the elite is, is House of Black for sure. Yeah. It's it, and it, Jim. I don't know if you want to record this or not, but like it, it's it 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 it, it kind of sucks that. Malachi and like MJF almost exist at the same time. You know what I mean? Like it's man, MJF deserves his due, but goddamn, I give me, I don't know, maybe just this is where my head is at. Like some doom, give me a good, like, and I think Triple H was kind of onto it before they cut him when he, cause I don't know if you remember with the NXT when he was wearing the big glasses like David Koresh, and he David was Koresh. like, he was getting away. He was, well, no, he was getting away from more of the, the more black metal, but more into the, like, the, cause he's even said himself, he was part of an esoteric religion and whatnot. And like, give That's him so that, like, David Koresh. And I, cause I remember, cause like, I, I think I even sent a picture to Tom and I was like, so is he David Koresh now? And just kind of <laughs> thinking about it, I was like, man, he could have, railroaded this into something massive yeah. and i think it just he didn't get his due unfortunately and like it just sucks that mjf is right is like so hot right now whereas there is this 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 love of the nostalgia the rick flair and whatnot and it just stinks that like we've got this potential hot bucket of the house of black or just malachi himself yeah. of being this you know, just incriminate evil of some like just this just creepiness over AEW is just would be oh man, and I hope it gets there, but I think it will. Uh, I, it, I, it just I sucks. It like it may take some time. <laughs> Here's how I blow your fucking mind, Mike. You ready for this? I'm a hundred percent. MJF beats Brian Danielson at the next pay per view. That then moves into MJF versus Adam Cole. That program lasts because remember that I mean AEW only does pay per views, so they do what four a year. So that long program goes to the next pay per view. Adam Cole takes the belt off MJF. Lights go out, lights come up. Malachi standing in the ring, black mass. <sighs> Adam Cole. Malachi Black for the title. Oh, here we go. That would be amazing. And you've got his two heaters. Who doesn't lose your shit over that? Who doesn't Uh, lose their fucking mind for that? And he's got that, like, because, like, the the image I'm looking at, my my background on my computer, is that when he first came out with the antlers and everything, and he's doing his, like, 
that would I would be I probably lose my mind. <laughs> like because mm-hmm. I told Tom my fantasy thing when Bray Wyatt was going around my my big thing because I I like with Adam Cole or uh, Adam Page it's like you have got this the whitest of white meat baby faces in Adam uh, Adam Page and I said you know you get this whole thing and I was really obsessed with like I went through this weird thing where I was watching uh, uh, True Detective the first season oh, yeah. I've been listening yeah. to Amon Rob like very weird esoteric doom metal. <laughs> And you were, you, were, you were at a different, different I was I was I was really stoned and like loving it. But like I had this thing, it was like, how great would it be is Adam Page uh, I can't remember who had the title at the time, but like Adam Page wins the title and it's this back and forth between it's the light and the dark. And one of the things to introduce Bray Wyatt was to be this the, the yellow king is this this like enemy like this eminence of evil. And when Adam Page like wins it, he show. I literally I called Tom. I yeah, had this it was like, like a twenty minute conversation. <laughs> like, I, I was like, but seriously, yeah. how great would that be? Is you get the ultimate good? It, like literally, you, if you get and I, I again, and maybe it's a combination of Vince McMahon and Tony Khan. Is you you've got the ultimate good versus the ultimate oh, yeah. evil, and it's to me. It's Malachi Black. It's this you this you, this esoteric. You don't understand him. It's weird. It's creepy, and it is. How does that not? Like, I think honestly, my God, with, with like Adam Cole, and and now because now you got my mind kind of blown here. Jimmy. <laughs> like, how amazing would it be if Malachi Black takes it to Cole like for a long time until Kylo O'Reilly gets healed? And then, because I don't want Bobby Fish in, the, in my dream match here, I'm such a huge Roderick, uh, Roderick Strong guy. Could you imagine if he brings out Kyle O'Reilly and Roderick Strong, and then those those three guys like against the House of Dude, Black. I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about because I love Roderick Strong. I mean, because he, he was pretty much the inventor of the flying knee, and, and the he's backbreaker. Yeah, dude's insane. <laughs> the guy just goes on like a thousand percent, and I do like that would be fucking insane to me well and to mention and god damn again jim if you want to record this at all is it's like i'm is, not recording <laughs> well no is adam 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 cole and kyle o'reilly were future shock they were a yeah they were a face team and so like you can there is so much to this it's insane but like i don't know it's where my head's at. It's where my mind's at. But give me more Malachi Black and the House of Black. Oh, I love it. I'm into it. And, like, I heard it described as it's, like, it's the leader, the wraith. So it's the leader is Malachi Black, the wraith is Brody King, and the juggernaut is Brody Ma- or uh, Buddy Matthews. And I'm like, I love that. That sounds great. Like, <laughs> you have the you have the mastermind, you have the demon in Brody King, and then you just have this unstoppable... Like and it fits him. Like, look at no. Buddy Matthews. The guy has got, Dude, it's got Jesus for days. Sorry, I love the House of Black so much. Yeah, and I just yeah, uh, I feel like that guy got criminally a, underutilized. Yeah, a hundred percent. All three of them, just in, like as a team and individually, yeah. they're all underutilized. It's insane. That'll wrap it up for this episode, but come back next time for more news, analysis, and of course, Spotlighted Wrestler of the Week. Big thanks for giving us a listen, and a super thanks for subscribing to this podcast so you can have our dulcet tones delivered right to you each week. 
Feel free to leave us some feedback on your podcast delivery platform of choice. On behalf of Mike and Tom, I am Jim, and we are out. Out.